the German ambassador in Peru, mm-hmm. and I was able to go out for lunch with him. And he actually told me that Peru is a country that has uh, amazing opportunities right now. We are headed towards one of the seven wonders of the modern world. Leading us into an evening of discovery and delight is Coach Tobias Clemens. Herzlich willkommen zur Radioshow The Journey von mit Neville D'Angelo. Als Gast heute Tobias Clemens. Viel Spaß. Joining us also is Mistress Fiorella Falconi Clemens. We will meet her at the fork in the road. I asked Coach Tobias to tell us more about himself. Well, I um, used to play college tennis for UCLA, which, uh, as we all know, is one of the one of the strongest athletic and also academic schools in the in the United States. I uh, I had the most wins of in school history at the number one position of uh, 119. It's a three-time All-American there at UCLA. Um, after I graduated, I played on the professional tour. I um, I played against the greats like uh, Del Potro. I played against Djokovic. I uh, I made it to a few finals, semifinals on the Challenger Tour, and uh, my highest ranking was about 190 in the world. After that, I moved on. I was uh, I was able to uh, to have a great chance to coach at a uh, NCAA Division One school in uh, Dallas, Texas, uh, Southern Methodist University. Um, I coached there for about three years. And then uh, my family and I, we we decided together that um, we should move to Peru. That's where my 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 wife's family is from, and uh, to build a future here, and to be able to uh, to eventually um, launch launch my own uh, tennis academy. Thank you, Tobias. Along the way, we'll find out more about the new tennis academy. We'll discover as well how to transition successfully from blah to athletic and how to transform yourself from a competent athlete into a consistent champion. I am your host, Neville D'Angelo. You are on the journey. Along the journey, we stop at intriguing places and meet fascinating people with novel solutions to some of life's tricky questions. And we play a few games and track the remarkable characters of three classic books, A Soundbite Life, Flight of the Fused Monkeys, and Illicet, A Time to Begin Again, all of which can be found on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Thank you, Ari. Well, Tobias, welcome again to the program. How do you like it in Peru so far? Well, Neville, thank you for having me, and uh, it's always a pleasure to be on your program. I gotta say, I love it here. 
Um, Peru has been has been really good to me. It it has you know exceeded all the expectations that I and and my family had so far, and um, very happy that I made the move. Obviously, I miss the United States a lot, but uh, but it's been it's been a great decision so far. The people are very very friendly. The food is just absolutely delicious, and um, I'm ha very happy to be with with family here. Good. Uh, you you obviously were German. You lived in the United States, and now you've moved to a Spanish-speaking country. What is it like moving through those different languages? Well, I mean, when I first came to the United States, it was it was easier than now coming first to Peru because English I had in school, mm -hmm. and I spoke it also when I was traveling the world playing the um, ATP tour. Mm -hmm. But now coming to Spain to a Spanish-speaking country. I was completely lost in the beginning. I never, <laughs> I never took Spanish in school, mm -hmm. and um, I, I took some classes at some language schools. And obviously, by by constantly communicating with my with my parents-in-law and with my students, I'm I'm slowly now getting the hang of it, and I'm getting better every day. I think, but the the, the language is, is certainly um, a challenge. Okay. What part of Peru are you living? I live in the the capital of Peru, which is Lima. Lima is, uh, oof, I think it's probably 10 to 12 million people that live in Lima. It's a very spread out place, mm -hmm. and um, it's right by the coast. Probably one of the one of the few world capitals that are right by the ocean. It's by the Pacific Ocean, mm -hmm. and um, that's where I'm living right now. So Peru is uh, is very unique in a sense that you can have three geographical, uh, distinct geographical areas, which is uh, one is the coast. Which includes Lima and um, other major touristic parts like like Nazca, where they have discovered those uh, lines in the desert, mm. and um, also you have the, close to Ecuador, you have beautiful beaches, mm -hmm. uh, all all sands, and uh, you can swim in the ocean. So that's the coast, mm. and um, then you have the Sierra, which is the uh, the highlands where you have the Andes, you have beautiful cities. Like Cusco, you can visit the Machu Picchu, which is one of the world's world wonders. You can uh, visit a city called Arequipa, which is, uh, some people say, the other, other capital of Peru. And um, then you can also visit the Selva, which is the rainforest Amazon part mm -hmm. of Peru, which, which uh, I have not been yet because obviously you need to take some, some vaccinations before you go. Mm -hmm. uh, against you know the usual stuff like yellow fever things like that, but I heard it's absolutely breathtakingly beautiful. So so I hope that my next trip will go to the to the rainforest. Now you mentioned to us the lines in the desert. Could you tell us what that is? Well, it's a it's a little place about 400 kilometers south of Lima. It's called Nazca. Mm -hmm. uh, you spell it, I think, N A S C A. And in the desert there are huge they say it's astrological signs, mm -hmm. like there's a spider that you can see from up above, there's a condor that you can see from up above, and mm -hmm. things like that. Mm -hmm. So some tourists, they take, they take little airplanes and they fly over those lines, and there actually has been a, a German lady, her name is Maria Reich, mm -hmm. she has studied those lines pretty much all her life, and mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of mystery around those, those lines, and they don't know who made them, uh, when they were made, all these kind of things. So it's it's, it's a little bit exciting if you're into uh, astrology and uh, kind of mystic kind of things. 
what what is your speculation though as to where they might have come from? Do you have any any idea? I, I actually have seen some of those lines, and it's it's not only a spectacular view, but obviously the mystery yeah. behind it. But what 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 is the common I, feeling I, there? I, I assume the, those are you know the, the the people that lived there, and I think they they made it to uh, to satisfy the the different gods that mm. they could see it from up above and and see it as a kind of a, uh, a, sac- a how do you call that when they um, sacrifice? Right, them. right. Remarkable.
currently up a mountain mm -hmm. and then suddenly arrives to the to the to the entrance of the Machu Picchu um, kind of a museum area mm -hmm. and um, up there it's you, you have to to hire a special guide that has been trained for years to be allowed to be a guide up there mm -hmm. and they take you on a about two and a half to three hour um, travel journey back into the past and really? you really really feel like you were there when the Incas uh, built the whole place what yeah. they what their thoughts was were when when they had certain um, construction ways and um, it's it's really a, an amazing experience not only a visual mm -hmm. but also uh, uh, you know knowledge wise what what you can learn to be up there now the trip you you talk about that uh, winding trip up to Machu Picchu, is it a fun trip or is it just an arduous journey to get up there? Yeah, it's not it's not much of a fun to get up there, but the one, it's so worth it once you're there. Uh -huh. You can't imagine how beautiful this place is. Mm -hmm. It's it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Now with a lot, of the, I don't know if the, the, there's this problem here with Machu Picchu, but uh, you know a number of the world's best sites. With the trampling of, um, uh, you it's see where I'm going. You have I the mean, same problem there. They might have to. They might have to actually uh, uh, block out the public from going into the ruins because really? people they touch the stones, they they step on the stones, they sit on the stones, and uh, obviously if there's you know thousands and thousands of people doing that over the years, mm -hmm. they're worried of, of losing really those those precious uh, ruins. Mm -hmm. so they, they might block out the public in a few years, and then you can only see it from far. So, so if you're out there and you want to go, you better go. <laughs> okay, good. I, I'll be there to to send you to the right place. <laughs> okay. Good. Well, tell us about the food. I, I I know that you're a good cook of German food and American food. I don't know uh, about uh, what's unique about Peruvian uh, meals. The variety and the ingredients. Mm -hmm. You can find ingredients here that you have never ever heard about in your life because they come from the Andes, they come from the rainforest, or you know, they come from the sea where, you know, some of the some of the fishes and, and, and seafood is, is very unusual because it's it's specific to a, to an area, to a region. Mm -hmm. So um the ingredients uh, is really what, what, what makes Peruvian food so special. What, what, tell us some of your favorites. Well, for example, I love ceviche. Ceviche is a dish that is, uh, it's just, it's fish, really fresh, good white fish mm -hmm. that's prepared with uh, lime juice mm -hmm. and a special Peruvian uh, pepper. It's called ají. Ah. And then uh, cilantro uh -huh. and, and salt. That's and it? And fresh, uh -huh. really cold, mm -hmm. and uh, Can, do you, are you able to get a lot of German meals there, or you're just satisfied with what you get there? Well, I mean, Peruvian food actually is very potato-based, because uh. Uh, Peru features, I think, I don't know, 3,000 different kind of potatoes. Really? So they love their potatoes here, and, mm. and that's similar to Germany. <laughs> in Germany, uh, potato is a very traditional food, and, and in Peru as well. That's another amazing thing about Peru is the influences of other cultures. For example... You can get um, a a beef 
dish that is is made in a in a in a in a hot Chinese kind of a wok, mm-hmm. um, and that's with onion and tomatoes, and it's kind of uh, fried really hot, and uh, that has a, a Chinese influence. Um, then you have um, sort of the Italian crossover food here that's been made with Peruvian sauces and with pasta. Mm-hmm. All kinds of countries and, and different uh, cultures have their have their influence here. Good, good. We'll be right okay. back. Today's standing question is this: What are you doing to make this period of your journey a remarkable one? What are you doing to make this period of your journey? A remarkable one. Well, we're back with Tobias Clemens. Uh, Tobias, tell us about the economy and the political situation in Peru. Well, um, I was really lucky. One of my visits, I was able to meet the German ambassador in Peru. Mm-hmm. And I was able to go out for lunch with him. And he actually told me that Peru is a country that has uh, amazing opportunities right now. It has the economic growth right now for the last, you know, so many years of, of over 7% mm-hmm. um, GDP growth. Obviously, a lot of the is the, the catch-up effect, mm-hmm. but it's, it's still uh, very presentable. The inflation has been consistently low, you know, even compared to, um, to uh, economic power. Mm-hmm. Our countries like Germany and the United States and, and so on and so forth. And uh, there's a big construction boom here going on right now because, uh, you know, manual labor and the materials are relatively relatively cheap. Mm-hmm. So obviously it's, it's a big race on, on getting the, the properties and, and building, building apartments, building houses. So, so um, you'll be able, obviously, to sell those places for a lot, lot more than just the property. So the country has has a lot of opportunities. The political landscape is is very safe compared to uh, to other South American countries. For example, you know Venezuela, Bolivia. You know, it can always happen there that uh, the the government just takes whatever you have and, and keeps it for, for themselves. But Peru has a has a very good economy, a good um, democracy. Mm-hmm. They have uh, you know obviously free and uh, equal elections every. I think it's every five years here, mm. and um, the president is, has been very, very consistent so so far. So you're having a good time in Peru. Yeah, I, I feel I feel good. I think it's it's really a great opportunity here, and um, like I said, I'm sad to to have left the United States, but uh, it's been worth it. So if if you, what would you tell a person if they want to come and visit there? What is the one thing that they must prepare themselves? For or 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 do once they're there. Well, I mean, you got to prepare yourself for for some contrasts. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can you can see beautiful houses and obviously, um, you know, amazing you know cars and all the shopping centers, and then you can just see uh, you know very very sad uh, large uh, poverty. Still, mm-hmm. there's the, 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 the vast majority of the country 
unfortunately still lives in, in big poverty. Mm. So so that contrast is, is a little bit uh, hard hard to deal with, especially in the beginning. Mm. And um, on the other hand, you can you can expect people that are very very friendly, special especially to foreigners. Foreigners have a huge, very high high standings here, mm. and and they will they will just show you around. They will invite you to your to your home. Mm-hmm. They will cook for you elaborate meals. That's that's the way how they how they show you their their cariños, you know, their yeah. love. Right. Is mm-hmm. the, by the way they cook for you. They uh. expect you to eat everything. <laughs> and I, I can tell you, I guarantee you, everything is really delicious. Good. Peru actually, uh, I think, won sort of a culinary Oscar, and um, it's it's been consistently one of the places that that you should go to on a, on a culinary. Uh, journey yeah. because like I said again it, it has so many different uh, facets of, uh, of food that you can you can taste and everything is very fresh and um, very innovative the kitchen very innovative great well we appreciate you sharing about Peru uh, with us uh, we'll talk some more we'll be right back now let's talk Starting with the new tennis academy. When when I came to Peru, my goal really was to help the Peruvian tennis, and uh, this academy will be a place where everybody will be helped. I want to offer a program of of excellence to all kinds of tennis players. I want to really take good care of all the beginners out there that just about to learn to love the game. I want to take care of the recreational players that already know how to love the game, but they just want to do it on, on a regular basis and uh, have fun, meet their friends, burn calories. And I also obviously want to care about the competitive players, about the kids that really deserve um, a great coach, great coaching, and uh, a lot of, lot of interest in, in their personal development. And uh, this kind of helps. That's really what I want to. That's what I want to do with my academy. Now, are you going to establish it in Lima of itself, or outside of Lima? It, it will be in Lima. It will be at a very, very beautiful place. And uh, as as soon as uh, it's all finalized, um, I will maybe get a chance to get back on the program and tell you about it. Well, you certainly will. We wouldn't pull any secrets from you right now. But in the meantime, you are uh, teaching tennis or coaching right now or or can you tell us about that what are you every day absolutely um, I I found my place here right now as a, as a personal coach I I want to offer a, a very personalized uh, first-class service to my clients I want to make sure that they get a, a coherent a workout program that I'm developing for them as well which includes the physical part, which includes a, a mental part, and then obviously the, the tennis, the on-court stuff. So that's what I've been doing, taking a lot of time for each each client, very individually. Okay. Well, when we're back, I'm going to ask you a, a couple of questions about coaching and about tennis players. We'll be right back. There are many ways you can access the journey, download, share with family and friends, or embed our weekly shows in your blog or website. You'll find us on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, WordPress, SoundCloud, Blogspot, Tumblr. 
You might be listening to us on Rio Sports Radio. Whichever platform you found us on, we're delighted to have you. We encourage you to hop over to riosports.com. That's R-Y-O-S-P-O-R-T-S dot com, where athletes support athletes, sport enthusiasts, inspire enthusiasts. Bring your best. We'll do the rest. You'll find coaches, trainers, tutors, professional services, career services, athletic services. Follow our series on reaching your fullest potential and building an authentic life. You'll find what you need for your body, mind, and spirit. There is Raya Sports News here on the journey. We live. We laugh. We love. So, Tobias, if you've got a competent player that would like to become a consistent champion, what advice would you give to that player? Well, first of all, I would really define his his strength mm-hmm. in practice. Mm-hmm. If you really elaborate his strength, then you got to practice this kind of play over and over so that when the going gets tough, he knows already, okay, I'm going to go serve down the tee and then I'm going to use my big forehand inside out and then probably I'm going to get a short ball. So I would like him to just be confident that he already knows two, three shots ahead of what's going to happen because what what prevents people from winning is, is the uncertainty, the anxiousness. Mm-hmm. But if you already have this kind of... Uh, attitude that, okay, that's my bread and butter shot, mm-hmm. you take a little bit of that un- uncertainty and anxiousness out of the out of his, his nerves, and that usually helps. All right. Now, is there anything, that, that's in the physical part of the, uh, of the game, is, is there anything mentally that a player could do to transform themselves from just mediocre uh, to a, be- uh, a better player? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think uh, visualizing is a, is a great great tool to uh, to overcome this this obstacle mm-hmm. if if you visualize yourself um if it's before the match or or um, you know the night before a match and you can just picture yourself how you get through tough situations you know picture yourself at five all in the third and and serving a deuce or some or something like that mm-hmm. and and imagine how you would like to get out of this situation and do this over and over again. And then you come into this situation and you're like, oh, yeah, I've been there before. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've done it in my head many, many times, so now I'm just going to execute it. That, now, that helps, visualizing. Now, when you say visualizing, let me just um, probe you a, l- a little bit more. Is it just visualizing a strategy to get out or is it visualizing uh, the feeling of conquering? Yes. Go ahead. Absolutely. If, if you hadn't mentioned that now, I would say no. It includes also the visualizing of, of that satisfaction mm-hmm. that, that you feel when you come out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's visualizing or, or imagining that you have your breath under control. Mm-hmm. It's visualizing, imagining that, that you have, you're calm, you're cool, you're collected, and you have a clear head mm-hmm. um, before you begin the point, that mm-hmm. your, your knees are not weak. But you you walk confident and you look confident over to the other side and say, hey, 
I'm ready to play this point, and I'm going to play my best tennis right here, right now. Great. Wonderful. <laughs> you know that's uh, um, how tough it is. We hear about it all the time uh, to close out a match or to close out a set. All the nerves come in, uh, and and that's the time people get broken very often. Is there some way to conquer it, or is it just a theory that just we kind of live with and everybody falls in that trap? Well, um, I think it's uh, there's some truth to that theory. Mm. I think it is very hard to close out matches for multiple reasons. Number one, we all know that tennis is a, a sport where there's no time limit. Mm -hmm. So you actually have to finish the match off. Now, <laughs> yeah. on the flip side, that means that the opponent is fighting for his survival. Mm -hmm. He's sometimes fighting for his life. So he's going to probably play his best tennis. He's going to take his time because he knows he has all the time in the world. It's just about the next point. And mm -hmm. you maybe, you're trying to rush a little bit because you're thinking, oh, man, I could be in the shower now. <laughs> I could be uh, having a beer with my friends celebrating my victory. On the you know on the recreational level, obviously, <laughs> uh, professional players don't do that. You sure? <laughs> so I think there is some truth to it that it is a little bit tough to close out matches. Now the way to conquer it, if 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 you're able to really try to free yourself from this concept of playing the score, mm. the great players they just play the ball. They oh. only play the points. They break it down to the bare essentials. Mm -hmm. That tennis is just two guys trying to hit the ball over the net. The person that hits the ball over the net one more time wins the point. Yes, yes. So if you just boil it down to these basics, mm -hmm. that kind of takes away the fear mm -hmm. from the big situations, the big points, because in the end, all points are 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 the same. You just mm -hmm. gotta you just gotta play it. Mm -hmm. I love it. I'll let you get that call, and then we'll be right back. There's a lot more to tennis when you're playing a match than just bringing shots. What What is the sum total uh, that a player must bring to the table uh, to be able to be a champion? Well, if, uh, if you divide it into three parts, I think it's uh, one-third of it is uh, mental, mm -hmm. one-third of it is physical, and one-third of it is your, your tennis ability, meaning your technique, your shot selection all these kind of things. Mm -hmm. Now, I know a lot of people, they would say, oh, what are you talking about? It's all 90% mental. But, I mean, let's be honest, how can it be 90% mental if if you're out of shape and you can't <laughs> hit a, a backhand topspin, yeah? Mm -hmm. you, you can't beat anyone. Right. Yeah. So, I think those three parts are equal in value. Mm. And you have to beat your opponent in two of those parts. Let's mm. say you're, you're the better athlete but the other player has better better strokes and can focus better, has maybe a better strategy, then you're going to lose. Mm. If you're the better tennis player, but the other guy is in much better shape and he's, he's able to focus better, to deal with mistakes better, then he's, he's going to beat you. Yeah. Mm. Obviously, uh, if, if Roger Federer plays against uh, some recreational player, <laughs> and then obviously this this whole thing doesn't hold anymore. Right. But it's, it's Yes. If opponents are on a comparable level, mm -hmm. then I think uh, this formula, maybe, I think this, this holds. I think that's the reason why why Djokovic has been beating Nadal on a pretty consistent basis is because he equalizes Nadal's physical strength. Mm -hmm. He equalizes Nadal's mental strength. 
but I just think no, Djokovic is the better tennis player. He has a better serve, and he has a better backhand down the line. I think that's why Djokovic has been beating uh, Nadal pretty consistently. And I would say also Federer and Nadal. Nadal has been beating Federer. I mean, everybody knows and thinks that Federer is a better tennis player, but Nadal is just a much better athlete, and he also, I think, has been a better competitor, Mm -hmm. uh, having a a better, bigger will to win and being able to play the tough points with less fear, maybe, with less nerves. And I think he he has a 2-1 uh, up on Federer on that one. That's why I think he's been beating Federer. Now that Nadal has had a chance to go off, obviously, his injuries, when he's coming back in the scene, uh, what do you think he needs to bring to the table uh, to to reconquer that number one position? Do you have any opinion on that? In, <laughs> who am I to say that? But I think <laughs> Nadal has no chance to come back to number one. <laughs> we Nadal, if you mentally also incredibly tough, so I yeah. I just don't see the advantage of Nadal anymore. That that the physical advantage that he has. Well, Nadal, if you're listening, you just heard that. I I, <laughs> I still would like to see. You know, I love the top four players and several other players. I still think that there will be a lot of jostling at uh, the top there, but we'll see. I I like looking on yeah, and watching. It's going to be exciting to have him back, but yeah. I just I just don't see him coming back to number one with. Okay, good, good. We'll be right back. Well, it looks like the boys will have to have a friendly bet on that around here. Uh, This is my chance to tell you to go and pick up a copy of The Hunk I Dreamed. Yes, The Hunk I Dreamed by Neville D'Angelo. It costs less than a cup of coffee, and you will enjoy it. Available for your digital devices on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Become a better athlete. Uh, Tobias, talk to us about a person who wants to become athletic. How do they move from zero to some competent position down the road? Well, first of all, I think you really got to look in the mirror and say, okay, I want to make a cut here, I want to make a change. Mm-hmm. Um, it starts also with, it starts with your nutrition. I think it's very important. And you make some changes there. You gotta just, you know, leave uh, leave the dessert on the table <laughs> and, and don't eat it. Darn, darn, darn. Yeah, well, sorry to say, but uh, but that's that's a big part of it. Uh, you need to drink way more water, about uh, you know at least a gallon of water a day. Um, you need to eat more veggies. But those are all obviously everybody knows about those things, but. Mm-hmm actually doing it, that requires a lot of commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, on the actual sports side of it, you start with walking. Mm-hmm. You should go for a walk every day. If it's before work or after work, it should be about an hour so that you can really get your heart rate up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, you got to start doing a lot of stretching because the exercise is unknown to your body. Mm-hmm. So your muscles tend to tense up. So you got to release that tension by stretching. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you would want to try to to do a lot of yoga type exercise that uh, strengthen your core, your abdominals, your back muscles. You want to try to uh, strengthen your your shoulder muscles. That that all gives you better posture. Mm-hmm. And then once you have done that for a while, your posture is good, your 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 core is strong, your nutrition has has improved. Then you can start doing stronger exercise, which would involve swimming, uh, riding a bike, running, and that also you should try to do that every day. Mm. And um, you can start lifting some weights, but you should lift light weights with high repetition. You know, don't go out there and just, you know, do bench press <laughs> a very high weight and you can barely do it three, four times. No, you should do a very comfortable weight and you should comfortably lift it about 15 to 20 times. Mm-hmm. And, um, and those are the stages how you can become more athletic and do a lot of cross training. Do do different type of types of things. Do swimming. Do bike. Um, go out and and uh, play a little bit of basketball with your friends or even better play tennis. <laughs> love it, <laughs> love it, love it, love it. Well, Tobias, I'm so glad that you were able to share such gems with us. Well, on the journey. All our guests play a game. And in a moment, we're going to be playing a game uh, with Tobias and his wife. Nice. Joining us now is Tobias's wife, Mistress Fiorella Falcone Clemens. Welcome, Fiorella. Hola, ¿qué tal? Eh, muchas gracias por la invitación. Tobias and Fiorella, welcome to the fork. In the road. According to the yogi in our SVL series, we're all on a journey. Some take the winding road. Sooner or later, each traveler will come to a fork in the road and there make a choice to continue on or to turn back. You have come to a fork in the road. There are two paths in front of you. One path is called Redo. The other path is called Reboot. What will you do? I would prefer redo over reboot because uh, 
guys have decided that you will go on the reboot road. Mm -hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, Tobias and Fiorella are now traveling along the reboot road. Also traveling this route are a snake, a tiger, and a shark. Depending on your destination, according to the yogi, on this day you will have to deal with at least one of these and do so safely. If you are heading to the destination called Faith, Friends, and Family, you will have to travel with a snake. If you're heading to the destination called Health, Wealth, and Happiness, you will have to ride the tiger. If you're heading to the destination called Peace, Love, and Tranquility, you will have to swim with the shark. What is your destination, and how will you get there safely? Then you'll be heading to peace, love, and tranquility. Is that where you want to go? I think I'll, I would like to go to the second with the tiger, I think. Health, wealth, and happiness? Yeah, I think I like a lot the word happiness. Yeah, you're right. And, and happiness includes... I thought you liked the word wealth. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my second word. <laughs> but I like um, happiness because that includes Well, it requires you traveling with a tiger. <laughs> How do we get that with a tiger? Um, well, that's a pretty hard question. But, um, How would you get anywhere along with a tiger? Well, you want to make it in at a distance. At a and distance food. and food. Yeah. I want him to be full all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first thing I want to make sure. 
on the tiger. I kind of like it that she rides the tiger and you keep the tiger fed so that she will be That's good teamwork. I, I like it. Ladies and gentlemen, Fiorella and Tobias have chosen health, wealth and happiness and they have found a way to ride the tiger by keeping it fed all the way. We wish them all the health, wealth, and happiness. Thank you very much for being on the program. Thank you, Neville. It was a yeah. pleasure. It was a lot of fun. Great. It's always fun to have you. And we want you to be right back when you are finished with that academy. Absolutely. Please have you back on the program. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. Have fun cruising our services on riosports.com. That's R-Y-O-S-P-O-R-T-S dot com. See you next week.